Today I'm going to talk about how to resolve conflict in marriage in seven steps. Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show, where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve, and following my methods is one approach to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in couples counseling. If you want more love and less conflicts in your relationship, be sure to download my app today, KTG, Keep the Glow, wherever you get your apps. So why are we talking about how to resolve conflict? The reason we're talking about it is because it's a massive need for couples. With all the couples that reach out to me, one of the top needs they express is we need help with conflict. We need help with resentments. We need help with arguments. It's because it's common to be in a long-term relationship to have conflict, to have arguments, to have spats, whatever you want to call them, but we're not trained on how to resolve those. So what happens for a lot of couples is they have these arguments, they have these conflicts, they have these ruptures in the rapport, and then there's no way to have closure. So they just sweep it under the rug and keep moving forward. But before long, that little lump under the rug gets bigger and bigger until it's like a mountain under the rug. And that's when relationships start breaking down. So some of you may know my reunite tool method. I talk a lot about the reunite tool. I'll include a link to it in the description. The reunite tool is really useful when you have resentments. These are big issues, big topics, big patterns, big events that have happened in your relationship that's caused you to have some resentment. That's when you wanna use the entire reunite tool. Today I'm gonna talk about something that I call the mini reunite tool. And the reason it's the mini is because we're only gonna include step four on the complainer steps, but we're going to include all five listener steps. So what I'm going to talk through today is applicable when you have an argument or a conflict with your partner that's more minor, and it doesn't necessarily tap into patterns or resentments, but you've had a conflict. You've had an argument over something. Now what do you do? That's when you want to pull out the mini reunite tool. So the first step with the mini is one of you is going to decide who's going to go first expressing the complaint. That's step one. One of you is going to decide, I'll go first, I'll express my complaint. So when you're expressing your complaint, what you're doing here is you're going to talk about what your experience was in the conflict, scene by scene. You're going to say what you felt. You're going to talk about what happened from your angle. You're going to discuss what your reactions were, what was going through your mind, what it tapped into. There's really no right or wrong. You're just sharing your experience of the conflict. But remember, there is some ground rules. The ground rule is you can't say you, it's accusatory. Can't say always or never because those are generalizations. So again, one of you is gonna start as the complainer and you're just gonna share your experience of the conflict. What happened for you? What were you feeling? What was getting triggered in you? What was upsetting? what was frustrating for you in the conflict. That's number one. After you're finished sharing your experience of the conflict, the second step is your partner is going to summarize your experience. Now, when you're the summarizer, it doesn't matter what your experience was. It doesn't matter what you think happened. You're going to get your chance to share your experience, but it's not right now. So step number two is the person who is listening, they're going to summarize what they just heard. For example, So you feel like in the argument, X, Y, and Z was said, and then I did A, B, and C, and those things made you feel this, and that taps into your core need for that. Is that right? 
So when you're summarizing, you're literally just putting back into words what you just heard your partner say. Now, that's important for a couple of reasons because maybe your partner didn't express everything they're trying to say, or maybe you didn't hear their experience correctly because you have your own tapes going on. So that's why the summary is really important. But remember, you have to have a poker face on when you're summarizing. Because if I'm summarizing my wife's experience and a conflict we've had while I'm rolling my eyes or I'm breathing heavy or I'm scoffing under my breath, obviously that's going to create a problem because I'm not just summarizing what her experience was. But again, remember, you're going to have a chance to share your experience when you're finished with these steps we're going through. So that's the second step. The person listening is going to summarize your experience of the conflict. Now, the next step is ownership. This is number three. This is where the listener is going to take some ownership for how they contributed to the conflict. So you want to really pause here as the listener and think through, okay, I'm hearing my partner's experience of the conflict. I'm hearing what they felt. I'm hearing what core needs were tapped into. I'm hearing how they experienced me. I'm hearing what their version is of this conflict we just had. And while I'm listening to their experience, I'm trying to think about what did I do wrong? How did I make this worse? How did I contribute to this conflict? What's my part here? What's my kernel of truth that I can own with sincerity? Doesn't mean you're owning all of their experience because they may have been projecting some stuff onto you. They may have been getting triggered from stuff in their past. They may have had other things going on. There may have been some circumstances happening. So you are not expected to own their entire experience. Instead, what you're expected to do is to think through their experience with what part did you play? What part were you guilty of? How did you make things worse in that conflict? Maybe it's something that you said. Maybe it was your approach. Maybe it was an angle you were coming at or the tone you were using. Who knows? But what I can tell you is it's almost impossible to have a conflict where one person is innocent. It's very, very rare. Therefore, every time you're listening to your partner's experience, there's almost always something you can own, something that you did that made matters worse. And you want to really pause here because the rest of the steps don't work unless you can own something with sincerity. So that's step number three is the listener takes ownership. And when you take ownership, you're going to make a statement like this. I own that I did X, Y, and Z. When you make that comment, make sure it's actually something you did wrong. I hear couples do this when I'm training them on this tool and they'll say things that they did, but you can tell they don't feel like it was wrong what they did. They actually feel like it was justified what they did. That's not taking ownership. Taking ownership is things that you feel guilty about, things that you know you shouldn't have done, things that you said that you shouldn't have said approaches you had in that conflict that you shouldn't have had. That's what ownership is. So when you're taking ownership, don't just say what you did. You're actually owning what you did wrong, what you could have done better, what you're guilty of. That's what step three is about, where the listener takes ownership. You're literally talking about and owning what you did wrong in the conflict. So now we're ready for number four. Number four is empathy. So as the listener, you want to express empathy for the part you're owning and how it made your partner feel. This is where you're going to have to put yourself in your partner's shoes. You have to think about what has my partner been through in life? What are their wounds growing up, their values? 
What are their needs today? Their values today? What are their top stressors? What are their top goals? When you become cognizant and mindful of all those variables that make your partner who they are, then you're going to be able to more readily empathize with their experience because you're able to see their experience through their lens, not yours. And that's why you can empathize even if you personally can't relate with how they felt, even if you personally wouldn't feel the same. You can still provide empathy because you're seeing the situation from their lens. And the only way you can see it from their lens is to know your partner really well. So you may need to do some homework. What did your partner go through growing up? What were their highs? What were their lows? What are your partner's top needs as an individual today? What are their top insecurities? What are their top values? What are their top stressors? What are their top goals for the future? You might need to ask your partner some of those questions. And those questions need to be updated periodically because the more you know answers to those questions, the more likely you're going to be able to see the situation through their eyes. And that's when you can make an empathy statement. So for example, you would say, I can see how me doing or saying X would have made you feel Y. That's empathy. Number five is the listener is going to apologize just for the part they're owning. So I want you to know I'm sorry that me doing X made you feel Y. Now don't get tripped up here. And some people get tripped up on apologies and they say, well, it's not my fault they felt a certain thing. Don't go down that path. That's irrelevant. What matters is your partner's experience. You did or said things that you're owning that made them feel certain things. So you're just making an apology that by doing certain things, you made them feel a certain way. You're apologizing for how your behavior made them feel. Number six is the listener makes amends. So this is where you want to be thinking about, okay, what did I do here that I'm owning in this conflict we had? I'm owning certain things that I did, my approach, my words, my behavior, the part and the pieces that I'm owning in this conflict we just had. What can I do different moving forward that's also going to work for me? Because you don't want to just bend over backwards for your partner when you're making amends and do whatever they want, because that may not be sustainable for you. So when you're making amends, you're thinking about, what can I do different? What are some adjustments I can make? What kind of work do I need to do on myself to make sure I don't do this part I'm owning again in the future? What is that for you? And don't gloss over this. I see a lot of people in this step and they'll say something like, I'll just try to be better or I'll just try to improve, or I'll just give it a more concerted effort the next time. Don't say things like that because that's not specific. That's not measurable. That's not even attainable. It's very vague. It's very nebulous. So when you're thinking of making amends, make sure it's something concrete. So for example, let's say you got angry and you said some harsh words and you need some help with your anger. And you're owning that sometimes you can get too harsh. You're owning in this conflict, you got too harsh. So maybe for you, making amends would be, I'm going to read some articles on anger management, or I'm going to listen to some podcasts on anger management, or I'm going to read a book, or maybe I'm going to see a counselor or a coach on how to manage my emotions better so that when we have these conversations, these conflicts, my anger doesn't get the best of me. Maybe that's your making amends. So you want it to be something very specific and concrete so that your partner feels more hope that you're actually going to work on it. Now, once you're done suggesting your amends, ask your partner, what do they think about these ideas and what else would they appreciate? 
because your partner probably has other ideas, other solutions, other angles of what they think could also help. And so you want to make sure you ask them what else would you appreciate so they can speak into these action items for you. Now, once you have all these action items, you don't want to forget them. And it's very easy to forget them. So write them down somewhere. I call this a partner cheat sheet. After every conflict, every time you go through these mini reunite tools, you want to start making a list of your personal takeaways. What are you going to be working on moving forward? Make a list, make a bullet, a bulleted list of those items for you. And then you want to make sure you review that list a couple times a week. And what that will do is it'll keep the items you're committing to at the forefront of your brain. And you want that because then it will remind you of how you're supposed to be making some changes in your relationship. Because one of the worst things is we have a conflict with our partner and we tell them this feedback about we would love to see different moving forward and they don't change. They don't make any progress. Now we're starting to feel hopeless. So if you're the one getting this feedback and then you're owning something and you're apologizing, you're making amends, you don't want to forget what you're committing to working on moving forward. So write that down. Write down those bullets of the things you're going to be working on so you can make changes and they're going to be sustainable more over time. Now, once you're finished, now the partners are going to take turns. So the person who is just listening, now it's their turn to share their experience of the conflict. What was upsetting to them? What was hard for them in that conflict? What they were feeling? What core needs it was tapping into for them? And then the other person now has to go through those exact same listener steps. So this is a nice tool to use because it gives partners a chance to talk through both of their experiences while their partner is being the listener. It's very effective. It can transform your conflicts. And more importantly, it provides resolution at the end of these conflicts. It provides healing. It provides learning. It provides closure so that you're not sweeping things under the rug any longer. So those are seven steps for the mini reunite tool. Number one, one of you is going to start by expressing your experience in the conflict. Number two, the listener is going to summarize. Number three, the listener is going to take ownership. Number four, the listener is going to empathize. Number five, the listener is going to apologize. Number six, the listener is going to make amends. And number seven, then you're going to take turns and do it over. Thank you for listening to The Dr. Wyatt Show. Be sure to subscribe to hear all my future episodes. And if you want to learn more with me, if you want access to my best resources and live access to me every single week for more support, be sure to join my marriage bootcamp. The link is in the description. And I've created a free PDF on today's episode so that you can download that and process this tool, the mini reunite tool with your partner. To receive that, go to my website, drwyattfisher.com forward slash pages forward slash freebies. And remember, your marriage is alive. If you care for it and nurture it, it will grow. But if you deprive it and neglect it, it will wilt and die. The choice is up to you.